Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. John chapter 13. We've been talking and we're closing today uh, a series on the great love of God. How many know that we could teach about the love of God for the rest of the year and we couldn't exhaust the subject? We could teach about the love of God for 10 years and we couldn't exhaust the subject. Why? Because God is love. Teaching about love is teaching about God. So we're just going to be talking about love probably every week in some capacity. But we're going to be closing the series today. And uh, I'm so excited about it. Last week we talked about community and about outreach. And we're talking about how God has called us to love one another and I was reading this story some time ago about this orphanage. The kids were between birth and age five, where they had a mortality rate of 30 to 40 percent in these orphanages, and they didn't know why. And they uh, they were going back, and they were realizing that there there was a critical situation because these uh, the individualized attention and care for these babies. They weren't getting the physical attention, the touch, the nurture that they deserved. Uh, And so what was happening was there was something that they were missing. See, God has called people to have human touch, right? Human touch. Would you just appropriately touch someone next to you? In an appropriate place, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God has called us, God has called us from babies, from birth, all the way to death. I remember, uh, you know, standing with my dad, my mom's still alive, but standing with my dad right by his bedside before he passed, standing by him, just kind of stroking his head like this, telling him, I love you, dad. You know, he was in good spirits and just loving him, you know, because Touch, there never comes a time in our lives where we don't need love, where we don't need human touch. God's called us uh, toward that. Love has a progression. And I think so much of the time when we talk about outreach, I want to talk to you a little bit about outreach today. When we talk about outreach, there's a progression of love. And here's what the progression is. It's God loves us. He calls us to love first one another. And then the love that we have for one another will be an example to love the world. That's the progression of love that he's given us. So it says in 1 John chapter 4, we all know the the verse that says, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. That's where love started was that God loved us. That's why when we talk about love, we always got to talk about God loving us, not God telling us to love because we can't start the progression of love. When he found us in our condition, we were sinners, Right? When he found us in our condition, we were messed up. He was the one who gave us the attention. He was the one who caused our our spirits to become born again and alive to him. So love started with him. He loved us. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And then in John chapter 13, I want you to look in verse 34. Jesus said, we read it last week, a new commandment I give to you. You can look on the screens if you don't have it in your Bible. If you have it in your Bible, you can open it up. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another Notice, you love one another as I have loved you. 
Notice the progression. I have loved you. You love one another. Where did love start? With God. God loved you, so what does he command us to do? You love one another. You love one another as I have loved you. He says, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the next layer. He's talking about the progression. By this, people outside, that this isn't the one another, this is beyond. By this, the outreach will happen. By this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. If the disciples have love for one another, then you'll know that you're my disciples. Why? Because I loved you, you love the body. The, the, the people in the world see that and they have love for one another. And then John said in 17, John 17, 21, it says that they all may be one, Jesus prays, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Can you say that last word? That the world may believe that you sent me. How is the world going to believe that we have love for one another? How is the world going to believe that we have love? If we can't even love one another, the world looks at the church and they go, they don't even love one another. Anybody know what I mean? They don't even like, they don't even love one another. How am I going to be a part of that mess, right? We have more love for, one, for, for ourselves than the church has for themselves. So in both examples here, in both places, Jesus says in John 13, he says, by this all will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. John 17, he says, by this the world may believe that you've sent me, that they have unity. So what, what does this mean? It means that love and unity of, the love and the unity of believers is one of the greatest testimonies to the world of Jesus. Our love for one another is one of the greatest testimonies to the world of uh, of Jesus. It's why I believe that Satan works so hard to divide the body of Christ. It's why he works so hard to divide the body of Christ. Can I tell you one thing that I don't want you to ever hear out of my mouth? I don't think you ever will hear out of my mouth, but I don't want you to ever hear out of my mouth, and that's a bad word about another church. It's not that I agree with every single church. It's not that I agree with every doctrine or every way of ministry or everything that they do, but I'm not going to badmouth them. Why? We're on the same team. Can somebody say amen? amen? Come on, just say we're on the same team. We're on the same team with every church who preaches the gospel in Memphis. So we can't badmouth other churches. Your candle doesn't shine any brighter by putting someone else's candle out. And I think sometimes, you know, people can think that by putting someone else down, it makes us shine brighter. It doesn't. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples. If you have love for one another, we have to love. Satan once tries so hard to divide the body of Christ. And, and just because you love them doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about things in your life? I'm sure if we looked hard enough at any one of us, we could find things that we don't agree with, Right? Well, I don't agree with what they said. Well, I don't agree with some things I said, if you look back at, you know, too far, right? But the reality is we're not going to sit here and divide and be divided. We need to be united and love 
one another. It's important to stay in unity and stay together. That's why Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, it says, not forsaking, listen, the assembling of ourselves together. What is the assembling of ourselves together? It means come to church. And again, this isn't a pastor, you know, in the first year of a church just trying to get you to show up to church. This is the word. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. In other words, don't make coming to church a little deal to you. Why? He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more, the more as, as you see the day approaching. I want you to see the way the, the writer of Hebrews, let's say, uh, the way the writer of Hebrews points out what church is, is exhorting one another. What should church be? It should be to exhort one another. Church should be to lift up and encourage one another. That you come to church and you get a charge. You come to church and you're encouraged. That's what prophecy is. The Bible says, uh, I want you to seek spiritual gifts, but especially that you may what? What does he ask? He says, I want all to what? He says, I want everybody to prophesy. Who in this room does God want to prophesy? He wants all of us to prophesy. Why? Because biblical prophecy today in the New Testament church, a big portion of it, the majority of it is just encouragement. It's exhortation, edification, and comfort. It's you walk away and you just go, man, I was so down, but I came to church and I'm pumped up. Why? Because, and I'm not talking about just fluff and, so, and, and people coming and just, you know, um, you know, trying to suck up to you or something or, or say things that are false. No, I'm talking about someone truly speaking words of life and exhortation over you. He says, why do you come to church? To exhort one another, to encourage one another, to lift one another up, to build one another up so that you can walk in and you can say, man, you look good today, Henri. Like that tie, brother. Looking good. Yeah, you appreciate you, brother, right? Yeah, but we're encouraging one another. Nate, you sounded good on that song this morning. Yeah, I loved how you led worship. Man, good message this morning. Jordan, it's good to have you back this morning playing drums, man. Love the way you play drums. What am I doing? I'm, I'm encouraging. I'm exhorting. Josh, I'm excited about youth tonight. Man, I mean, we're getting started. We're going out of the gates. We're getting going, right? How many are excited about youth tonight? Yeah, we're getting started, right? Why? Because God has an awesome plan for youth. What are we doing? We're encouraging one another. We're exhorting one another. And he says, and so much more as you see, as you see the day approaching. How many could use some more ex exhortation? How many could use some encouragement in life? Or do you just wake up feeling great every day? Yeah, that's why we come together. That's why we gather together. We're called to outreach. Our community, what is outreach? It's to reach our community. Can I tell you, we're called to reach this community all around Cooper Young. We're called to reach Midtown for Jesus. We're called to reach Memphis for Jesus. You're called to reach your neighborhood for Jesus. We're called to reach people and be lights and salt in our neighborhood. Love and unity, there's two factors for outreach that I want to point out today. Number one was that. It's love and unity. But the second one I want to point out is in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. If you have a Bible, turn there. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, if you can put it on the screen. Just look at that, Acts 10, 38. Let's read it together. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Now put up the beginning again, how God anointed 
What is anointed? I know sometimes we have these church words like anointed. To anoint just means to rub in or smear on. Now, I have, there's a, there's a, there's a Trader Joe's now in Memphis, okay? There's a Trader Joe's and there's this stuff. My, I get these dry elbows sometimes, okay? Dry elbows. And my wife will get mad at me. She'll say, you have dry elbows. <laughs> say, that's because I'm a man. I'm a man. So she gave me this. She said, here, this is balm. You need to use this. You need to use this. And I said, well, what do I do with it? You know, I'm kidding. But she says, you just take this, right? You just take this, right? You just take this and you, and you rub it on your elbows like this, right? And you just do it, you know, maybe keep it in your pocket or keep it around, keep it in your car or whatever. And, and it'll make sure that if, you, if you'll do it several times a day or whatever, it'll just make sure that the dryness goes out. What am I doing? I'm anointing. I'm anointing, I'm not over-exaggerating this word, I'm anointing, I'm rubbing in, right, this balm. I'm rubbing it into dry places. I'm rubbing it into a place that the skin, if, if, if you have dry skin, what eventually happens to the skin? It cracks, it bleeds, right? And the more you stretch it, the more it gets used, the more dry it gets, the more worn it gets, right? It breaks. Eventually it starts peeling, right? But when you start taking balm and you rub into it, what happens? It becomes pliable. It becomes flexible. It feels better. It even smells better, right? If you get some good balm. Now the Bible says, look at that scripture again, how God, who anointed Jesus? God anointed Jesus. And I want you to notice two things. He anointed him with something and for something. He anointed him with what? With the Holy Spirit. Now wait, the Holy Spirit's God. Why does he need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit? I thought he was God. No, but watch, and I'll show you in a minute. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. In the book of Acts, didn't he say you shall receive power? After that, the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Why? Because when you're anointed with the Holy Spirit, you're anointed with power. The Holy Spirit and power come together, right? So God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went, keep going, who went about doing two things. Doing good, say doing good. good. And healing, say and healing. So notice he was anointed to do good. He was anointed to do good things, but he was also anointed to heal. Can you be anointed to do good things? Yeah, and anointed to heal. So Jesus was anointed to do good and anointed to heal all those who were oppressed by the devil. What's oppressed? It's the devil's beating them up. And so what was Jesus? Jesus would go help them because the devil was beating them up. And so Jesus was anointed to go help and heal these people who were oppressed by the devil. And notice how it ends. For God was with him. It's funny that you'd read that and go, God was with him. I thought he was God. God was with him. He was anointed by. I thought he was God. Well, the reason why it's important to, uh, uh, that, that God was with him because he is God. He was God. He's always been God. But in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, it says this, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. What does that mean? It means when Jesus was on earth, he operated as a man. He operated not as God. 
He operated as a man. Otherwise, he couldn't be our example. So a man, sometimes we go, well, Jesus did all that because he was God. No, he didn't. He did all that because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And that's why he said, before you do ministry, you need to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses. Isn't that right? Because before he did any miracles, he received power after the Holy Spirit came upon him. So I want you to notice, before Jesus did outreach, before Jesus did miracles, before Jesus did a work in his community to change this whole surroundings where he was, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. There's a similar verse in Luke chapter 4, we all know it, where Jesus read about himself. He walks into, uh, into town and he opens up the scroll. He found the place in Isaiah, but we read it in Luke chapter 4 in verse 18. And it says this, let's read it together. Ready? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Stop. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Who has anointed him? Well, look at The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What's he anointed with? Right? Who has anointed him? God anointed him with, with who? With the Spirit of the Lord. So he's anointed with the Spirit of the Lord for what? To, well, we read in Acts, to do good and to heal all who are oppressed by the devil. But this breaks it down, Jesus' ministry, a little bit more. So, but notice it's the same thing, that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit to do outreach. And here's what it was for. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. He was anointed with the Spirit to preach the gospel. Let's say it together. Preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Remember uh, earlier, just keep that up. Remember earlier it said uh, to heal all those who are oppressed by the devil right there, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed. It's a very similar thing. It really wraps up that in the book of Acts with these. It kind of just breaks it down more. And proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So the Spirit, he was anointed with the Spirit to preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, Notice recovery of sight to the blind. They had sight before, but they lost their vision. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people who've lost vision. That the Spirit of the Lord wants to restore vision to people. Recovery of sight to those who've lost their vision. He says, recovery of sight to the blind to liberate the oppressed. What's the oppressed? It's something's beating on you on the outside. You don't want to say it's Satan because that's a little bit too far out there. But you know it's something, and you know it's not you, and you know it's not you know anybody you know, but you know it's something spiritual. How many have ever had something spiritual beat you up on the outside, and you, you, you had a fight on the outside? Yeah, I have. And you knew it was something that was, that was, there was it, you would call it a spiritual attack. Anybody ever had a spiritual attack? Yeah, you've had. Yeah, do you know the spirit of the Lord wants to break the spiritual attacks that are on our lives. He says, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. One version says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor has come. 
the year of the Lord's favor has come. Why? Because most people don't believe that God's favor is on their life. They walk into situations, they walk through life, and they're always begging God. God, would you please help me? God, would you please? Because they don't realize God's on their side. God's with them. God's for them, not against them. If God be for me, who can be against me? To proclaim. We need to have the power of the Holy Spirit on us to minister. That's why we teach on it. That's why we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. Why do you teach on that so much? Because Jesus did. Because Paul did. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's a funny story in the book of Acts. Um, remember Acts chapter 19 when we were in the Holy Spirit series? In Acts chapter 19, uh, when Jesus walked up to those people, and, or excuse me, Paul walked up to those people, and he said, he walked up to disciples, to believers, and he said, hey, uh, believers, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Like they were already believers, but they hadn't, had, they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. They hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they said, we haven't even heard there was such a Holy Spirit. And he ended up laying hands on them, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, right after this, <laughs> this is a story. Right after this, this is a funny, kind of a funny story. Look in Acts chapter 19, verse 11. It says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Look at your screens. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul that, so that even handkerchiefs and a- aprons that he touched were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and that evil spirits left them. How did Paul do it? Well, it was the power of the Holy Spirit. On them, And then he says, and some Jews went around driving out evil spirits and they tried to invoke the name uh, of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon possessed. So they saw Paul doing these things and they're like, man, I, li- I kind of like what Paul's doing. I'm going to go do some of these things. But they didn't have the power. They weren't operating in the power. They were imitators. They were posers. They were people who tried to imitate the people who were flowing in the signs and wonders. But notice this. It says, they would even say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. <laughs> Isn't that funny? They'd come over and go, in the name of Jesus, who that guy preaches. <laughs> I, 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 and and they're, they're, what did he say again? How did he say it again? And listen to what they said. In the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish uh, chief priest, were doing this. And one day the evil spirit answered them, spoke back to the guy. <laughs> Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who the heck are you? No, I added them the heck. (laughs) Who are you? See, if you try to operate in the power of God, if you try to operate without the power of God on your life, man, you're going to get beat up because watch this. It says, then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them, and he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. (laughs) Can I tell you, don't try to operate... Don't try to do outreach. Don't try to operate in the power of God without the power of the Holy Spirit on your life. Why? You're going to get beat. You may get naked. (laughs) It's dangerous to mess with spiritual things. You can't fake, imitate, or manufacture the supernatural. Even in the book of Acts, chapter 6, do you remember when they said, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to choose seven men who are full of the Holy Spirit to, be, to do the business of the church. He wasn't even talking about signs and wonders and laying hands on people and getting people saved. He was talking about just the business of the church, like, the, like, like just the operations of what was going on, the bookkeeping and the things that are going on. You know what that means? It means greeters, ushers, worship team, 
anyone around the church, any one of us who are doing something for God, it's important for us to be full of the Spirit. And how do we do that? We need to ask God. We need to be praying. Praying. Be a praying church. Ask God. Fill me, God, with your Spirit. Fill me, God. Help me, Lord, to be a, a servant of you, a vessel of you. So we see that outreach Ministering to the community happened when, and I'm going to tell you these two things. It's loving one another, walking in unity, and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. How are we as a church community going to make an impact on the community in Memphis? How are we going to do it? We have to love one another, and we have to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can somebody give a resounding amen? Amen. amen. So what, we're, what are we going to do? I said it last week. We're a praying church. We're a praying church. We have no power without God's power. We have no power. We don't have good systems enough. We're not sharp enough, slick enough. We need God's power. So what is he doing? He's calling us to pray. Outreach. We don't have all the answers yet, but God's calling us to prayer and outreach. So in August, in August is a month of prayer. August is a month of prayer. Now, I believe it's just going to start a month of prayer. What are we going to do? On September the 14th, right outside... Um, the uh, Cooper Young Fest, I believe they said they had a, over 100,000 people last year uh, that are just walking up and down, you know, the street and having fun and doing all that kind of stuff. But can I tell you, we can pray in the, in, in, in the atmosphere. There can be a spiritual atmosphere right here. I don't know why the Lord called us right here in this place. But what I do know, it's not to, it's not just to say, well... I guess we'll just figure out how to fit in. Now, you fit in, but you, it's not that you're, you're, you're trying to stand out just to stand out. But everything we do, we're here to take people to heaven. Because soon and very soon, could be today, could be tomorrow, Jesus, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. We're going to see and hear testimonies all over this church and all over this city of redemption. So let's commit to stay in unity. If you agree with it, would you say amen today? Let's ask God for outreach opportunities in Memphis. If you agree with it, would you just say amen with me? Let's pray for our city. If you agree with that, would you say amen with me? Starting two, uh, every Tuesday, we're going to be praying and having prayer meetings every Tuesday night in the month of August. And then also August the, what night is it the August? The 19th. August the 19th on Friday night, there's going to be a six-hour prayer meeting. And um, <clears throat> where we're just going to have some extended prayer. Now, six is not the magic number where, okay, it's six hours, now God's going to listen to us. No, but I think sometimes we just need extended times of worship and prayer. Can somebody say yes? Where we're not interrupted, we're just praying, we're seeking the face of the Lord, and God ministers to us, speaks to us. We just love God, so we're going to have that. Church, I can't tell you everything about everything of what's going to happen, but what, here's what I do know is... I just want you to know this about me, that I'm going to do everything I can do to lead you, to lead this church, to with all of our hearts seek the Lord, and to 
to reach people for Jesus so that we can encounter people, can encounter God, so that people can get free from all of the junk that Satan's wrapped him up with and that so people can walk in the calling that God's called them to. Right where you are, just either touch somebody or join hands with somebody, just right where you are. Pray with me, would you? Pray with me. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.